Oops. Natty! What's up, wizards and weirdos, and welcome to another episode of your favorite podcast, One to Review, a little podcast with me and my friends, Alex. Say hello, Alex. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Alex. Brandon, say something. Hey, yeah, something. It's a little podcast where we rate and review movies in the simplest way possible. One point if we didn't like it. Two points if we did like it. We rate and review movies until we get to 20 points, and then we call it a ding-dong doodle. Kick the intro. The first film that we saw this week is a flick called Subway Susie. This is a 2017 film starring Margot Robbie. It was directed by Franz... Now, you guys might need to help me with this. Franz uh, Basendenhout? Basendenhout. 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 Franz Basendenhout. So, Subway Susie, directed by Franz Basendenhout, starring Margot Robbie. It is about an old uh, ghost woman who is awakened when the uh, New York subway system uh, company tries to build a subway through her kind of grave. They awaken her, and death makes her haunt the subway, even though she doesn't want to. Uh, I loved this movie. I thought it was uh, very interesting. Lots of fun. Peter O'Toole plays Death. That's pretty cool. We've also got Arlora Awa in there, uh, Joe Wilson, and Franz. Uh, Bez and Hout also makes a small cameo. What did you guys think of Subway Susie? Yeah, I thought this was great. Being a New Yorker now, I take the subway every day, multiple times. I know what it's like. I think they touched somewhat upon what it's truly like to be a New Yorker and be on the subway and what it would be like if that subway car was haunted. Other times I thought, uh, Behusenhaut doesn't really understand New York and really how the subway system works. So for me there, I had to suspend my disbelief a little bit more than other people perhaps, but... Yeah, I will say that, that that the film looks good, it feels good, the acting's great, everything works, but you're right, there's a couple weird hiccups with, you know, the way that subway systems work and the way public transportation works that's not quite normal. And yeah, it not quite up to date, like, he, he, he still thinks they're using coins for some reason, it's 2000, you know, it's modern time, but it's not swiping cards. Card yeah. yeah, no, they're using coins, and that plays a big factor into the ending, so I know he needs the coins, but, yeah, I don't know, weird choice. Now, I'm not very well-traveled, so everything I have to go off of is just what Brandon tells me about New York City subways and from what I see. And, I mean, it's, it still looks pretty bad. I mean, there's still traffic jams down there. There's still a lot of crashes, still people getting caught in doors on the tracks, um, little homeless villages down in the subway tunnels. I mean, I'm not totally off base with a lot of this stuff. I just saw... I just saw a documentary on subway dwellers. There's like these spray paint kids that actually still live in sewers and like, you know, cook little ramen noodles down there and have a you know pretty cushy lifestyle for living like a Ninja Turtle. So, I mean, this, this, she's not too off. And you know what, from an outsider, maybe I think you've spent a lot of time in the subway and you're just used to it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But from or maybe she, maybe she's horrific. observing things that I don't see because I'm used to it. I, I I get it. Sure. What did you guys think about you know the film itself? Then you know the story, the the acting, all that stuff. Um, definitely a hilarious concept and well executed. Um, Margot Robbie plays an excellent hauntess of the 
subway system, of course, she's just in an internal kind of like limbo state that ghosts go into and death wakes her up. And he's like, I guess apparently in this movie, death is like a New Yorker. And he he's like, baby, we got to get the subway right. You understand? We got to get it right. We got to get these workers off their ass and get them to work. So she's kind of like a she's kind of got like a positive drive as a ghost. A lot of ghosts just want to spook. She's trying to motivate the workers to get things done right and 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 really make this subway shine and efficient for New York City. Being in New York, when she attempts to haunt these uh, subway workers, most of the time they just ignore her. Hmm. Uh, sadly, that's a thing in New York. You know, you see homeless people. They're always asking for money. There's always crazy shit going on all around you. You kind of have to ignore it. Just go from point A to point B, sadly. But I think that even happens to ghosts. And yeah, that was kind of think- eye-opening. I think that was, for me, you know, all of this specific society, I think that's the message of the film is about how uh, you are going to be passed up a lot, how you're going to be ignored through most of your life and apparently most of your afterlife as well. And I guess coming to terms with who you are as a person or as a ghost and your own confidence. Because by the end, she's having a great time haunting the subway because she's doing it how she wants to haunt it. You know, she's doing the tricks and schemes that she wants instead of at the beginning of the film when she's trying to do what death wants. You know, death's like, you know, you got to jump in the toilets and scare the kids. And, st- and she's that's not what she wants to Call do. Call crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she's trying to do things. Yeah, I think that's it. It's like claim your own path and do the job that you want to do and you'll find joy within that. And that's what she does. Yeah, a little and in Brandon's defense, a little tropey, maybe a little um, stereotypical New York stuff, you know, taunting the the workers with a floating hot dog, you know, Pizzas, making those bagels. Right, using the using the slice of pizza to turn the map around and and stuff like that it was a little cornball but you know this is a movie this is the new york i love too this is the new york we love yeah exactly and i feel like that's the one i want from my childhood i feel like i've i've missed a a big dose of this from the 80s and 90s and I'm, i'm glad they're bringing back those those old stereotypes and so for sure go with that i mean i'm even glad that they you know that there's coins in there instead of the dip cards because that you know the dip card would have the the electronic card to get on the subway would have taken me out of it a little bit and that's again that's not the new york i know and love so i guess this is in a weird way like a throwback to the 80s new york in that way and so i appreciate that as yeah, well. they just should have said it in the 80s i guess yeah they clearly said it modern day but i think maybe well, the 80s were just a little racist Oh, definitely. Maybe, yeah, maybe the, the 80s. 80s were just a little, you know. Uh, you guys ready to rate this thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, well, I'll start. Yeah, I'm going to give Subway, uh, Subway Susie a two, a solid two. Uh, an excellent film. Good acting. Uh, and again, a throwback to New York that I do love, even if it's not accurate. Two points. Oh, yeah, two points for me. Just a, a classic New York tale. Just a... Just a good old New York tale. Two points. Here's the thing. It's not accurate, but sometimes being inaccurate is fun and entertaining. So I will give this movie two points. Uh, just, you know, if you happen to be a New Yorker and know what it's really like, forget about it. Forget about it. 
All right, that is six points for Subway Susie, directed by Franz Bison and Hout. Starring Margot Robbie. Uh, each week on One Two Review, we take the points that we give each film, we add them together until we get to 20 points, and we call it a day. Each week, we have a different way of keeping score, and this week is no different. This week, we are designing characters so that we can play Dungeons and Dragons. Now, I'm going to hand it over because I am not the Dungeon Master. We have a Dungeon Master named Luke, and he's going to be taking over, giving us the 20 ways to build our characters this week. Luke. All right, guys. Just for these two points, I just need you to pick out a game, or I'm sorry, pick out a name for your character, mm-hmm. and then pick out a character type. It can be elf, half elf, half orc, half human, full human. You can be a dragonborn. You can be. Uh, did I say elf? Yeah. Okay. Just, basically, whatever you want. I have my own hybrid house rules that I use. I've taken from all the different. Editions uh, of of D and D and and uh, I've sort of married them together to my own rules. So just start by picking a name, pick a class. So what what you want your character to be, and then roll two d twenties. Okay. Room cool. What so that is. I'm gonna be J- uh, Jofflin Janice, Jofflin and I'm gonna Janice. be a dwarf. Nice. All right, and now I'm rolling two twenties. All right, I got a six and a fourteen. Okay, Alex, so your dwarf, Jocelyn Janice, is going to be, I guess, a female dwarf. Or, I mean, you don't have to specify. And you said you rolled a six mm-hmm. and a seven? No. Man, I picked them up. All right, let me re-roll. Okay, that's cheating. A six and a 15 this time. Okay, so I'm going to say you have a strength of six and your intelligence is... 17. That's pretty good. All right. And that's all we really need to know in our in your um, stats. All right. Abilities. Cool. Okay. Um I have never played D&D, so thanks for teaching me, guys. Um so I might have a few questions as we go. Uh I guess my character name, I've always liked the name Robert. Um and to pay tribute to New Mexico, I think uh, Lujan sounds like very New Mexican. Robert Lujan. Okay, Brandon, so roll Robert Lujan. What kind of um, character is he? Human? What, do you, what half, do you want? Half man, half human. Okay, that's a human. Well, Robert Lujan, like, human. He's, he's half man, half human. That's still a full human. Go ahead and just roll two dice. Okay, here we go. Okay. And... That's uh, a 9 and a 12. Okay, so you were rolling your human strength and your human dexterity. Um, you're going to be an 11 strength and a 13 dexterity. And I know I'm going to get a lot of flack from real D&D players out there. Like I said, don't worry about it, guys. These are my personal rules, so just chill out, okay? Just If you want to play 5th edition then go play on your computer or something. This is like real-life table gaming. All right, guys, my character, I've already rolled him up a little bit. Um, This is going to be sort of, I mean, since I'm DMing, I can't really play it, but I've got him here. His name is uh, Chattervox. He's a male half-orc, age 44, height 6'4", weight 244. His stats are all pretty much maxed out at 15 to 18. 
and um, it's just just a very badass character. Like I said, I'm not going to be playing with this. This is just comes with experience, so um, he might pop up from time to time in, in games. So, um, and then I'll go ahead and roll just for just for shits and giggles. Like I said, I already honestly rolled up my character, and it's two natties, two twenties. So I won't even use those. All right, let's kick a sponsor. Sponsor. Derived from 100% naturally occurring herbs and funguses, Dr. Phil's loneliness pills provide a temporary companion anywhere you go. A perfectly unique, pleasant, and interesting personality will arrive in your mind for a few hours and simply say goodbye as soon as a real person shows up. Use promo code REVIEW and receive a free e-copy of 300 Icebreakers, a fun book of conversation starters made famous by Oprah's Book Club. Order today. We're back. And rolling up another movie for you. Uh, next film that we all caught was Predator Delinquents, 2018 Bruce Campbell film. Action-packed sci-fi about young teenage predators that don't conform to the normal predator teachings and are sent to a planet to fight monsters and learn to be stronger leaders. Um, this movie kind of blew my mind. Did you guys have any first impressions on Predator Delinquents? Uh, predators oh, go, go ahead, ahead. Alex. no uh, predators back man i predator one predator two amazing films and then they effed it up so bad with avp and predator resurrection or whatever that like they made like a bunch of crap ones and then they threw it to bruce campbell comedian guy and he comes back with like an action-packed solid r-rated funny unique awesome action-packed predator film i loved it Bruce Campbell absolutely has a unique take on this universe, and that's probably what it needed. Something refreshing, something that only he could think of, and what is that unique take? Teenager predators, and not only that, predators that don't necessarily want to be the predators. Yep. Um, this was very yeah, that's cool. that's it. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, the movie follows five predators. They're kind of outcasts. They're nonconformists, and they're sent on this unmonitored quote-unquote hunting trip just to Mm -hmm. just to a kind of a whatever planet in their star system not too lethal and they're just supposed to kind of work things out on the planet and of course they're teenagers they're going through a lot they're going through a lot of changes and they kind of screw things up along the way yeah Uh, we should say real quick uh star of the film is willow smith uh will smith's daughter Krung Bruce, uh, Bartholomew Durex, uh, Pratik Joyner. And then I couldn't find even, I looked on IMDb, I could not find the fifth Predator uh, credited. But whatever, that doesn't, doesn't matter. Uh, he or then, she yeah, doesn't, doesn't really say, say much. much. Yeah. And then he or she dies uh, fairly quick in the film. But still, I'm bummed out. Uh, they do great, whoever they are, for the small amount of time they're in the film. But uh, yeah, those are the leads. Yeah, this is great. It's, so it's, again, it's like this really amazing blend of the action that I love in my Predator, the violence and the blood and the gore, as well as some like somehow magic, almost breakfast club level Predator bonding stuff as they go through like puberty, for example. There's like a crush. Krung and Willow have a crush on each other. That's crazy to see the expanded universe of the Predator world to see like social norms and stuff within that. Yeah, let's talk about their puberty for a second because it is shocking and insane. We go through puberty here; we get some hormones. We, you know, 
we get hair in some places, we start stinking up the place, they go through a whole different thing, and it looks painful. Uh, I'm just glad we're human. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They have to grow the dreadlocks, and then their faces open, open up. The bisected jaw, yeah, the bisected jaw coming apart is horrible. And of course, uh, they all pee the, a lot. Yeah. Is that pee? It's not pee. They secrete yeah, a lot. Whatever they secrete. Secretion. I think, eh, not just genital. It's a lot out of all. Of, whatever. There's a lot of. I guess secretion. a predator anal, anal dejections, or I don't know. Ugh, whatever we, it is, we it have funny, it pretty though. easy. It was done it was pretty funny, funny. Yeah. and believable. Again, weirdly, man, I don't know. Uh, Bruce Campbell, I would have never thought could do something like this. It's excellent. Yeah, the the monsters they fight on, or the supposed monsters, are very humanoid and very weak, which was mm-hmm. kind of like, again, like watching the original Predator movies, a lot of fun to watch sort of humanoids get bashed up and beat around yep. by these guys. And, um, <clears throat> you know, they go through a lot of lessons where Willow's character almost gets killed. She gets saved by, you know, none other than... a. Uh, I, I don't know. I, this fifth guy, I think, I, I don't really know, but she, she gets saved by ultimately his death. He saves her with his life. And, um, and, and they learn, I mean, they, they go through a lot here. Help me out, guys. <laughs> it's a fucking great film. Are uh, you guys? I mean, should we just rate it? I'm yeah, ready let's to rate just it. rate I it. I don't want to spoil anymore. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say too much. Before yeah. before we rate it, I did do a little research on this fifth character. Do you remember the original Predator? Yeah. Yeah. So in the, I'm a huge. That's probably my number one sci-fi movie of all time. In the original Predator, they shot some scenes actually with an orangutan dressed in a, um, like a blue suit to shoot the active camo scenes. This is not BS. This is, they had a, an orangutan swinging from tree to tree. Bruce Campbell thought it'd be a great idea to bring that orangutan out of retirement. Of course, aging the orangutan was probably like 48 years old, pretty old for a monkey. And it actually died mid movie. So they had to stop using him. So that's why you didn't see that character with any speaking roles or it kind of acted weird. It was actually just a, um, a CGI, well, a, a whatever, a body double monkey. That makes sense, actually. But I mean, good on him. He got his, he got a final shot at stardom. He got a one, one more movie role before you know, to the great beyond with that monkey. Cool. Well, two points for me for Predator Delinquents. Uh, I love this film. Check it out. Action packed. It's great. Yeah, no surprise. I am joining the club with the two points. Wear it proudly on my shoulder. Go see this movie, even if you were disappointed in the previous Predators. Yeah, two points for me. I couldn't, honestly, Alex Cox called Predators 2 a great movie. I couldn't watch it. I think um, AVP was the closest one that was watchable just because it was so far removed from the Arnold legacy. But this one really brings it back for me. Two points. Six points for Predator Delinquents. Six points. All right, guys. So every great character needs a great weapon. We're going to go ahead and roll those up right now. So take a D10 and a D4 and read me the numbers off of those two. Roll them up. My D10 is a nine and my D4 is a two. Okay. Now, Alex, remind me the name of your character again. I am uh, Jafflin... uh, 
Jafflin Jonas. Oh yes, Jonas Jafflin. Dwarf. Okay, you have an emerald. Jafflin Janus. You have an emerald hammer axe. Emerald hammer axe, sweet. And Brandon, um, you're gonna have to check your character sheet because I've never really worked with half human, half man. So okay, I rolled a twelve, and that gives me a shovel. Okay. Cool. Sweet. And yeah. then, and then, uh, this is the second for the second part. Okay, let me tell you guys what I'm doing. Um, for Shader Vox, he's got a mystical bludgeoning stone. It does four d ten damage. Plus, if um, I get a mystical strike, and that depends if I'm in berserker mode or not. Um, and I get two swings per round. And the name of the the name of the mystical bludgeoning tool is Thok. It's a mystical. It's like a legendary weapon. Okay. Cool. Do, do you think my shovel is going to be good? We can enough? buff up your shovel. I think what okay. you at this point, what your character needs, is weapon creation skills and crafting skills, so you can sort of add to it. All right. Well, what's the next thing we have to roll for? Backstory. And then, guys, I, I sort of created, like, um, a framework for backstory. So just roll a d20 and then look up the number that you rolled. Okay. Uh, 13? 13 is a Lost in the Mountains backstory. So that's sort of, okay. like, the way you... Sort of, that's, like, where you open your character. You know what I mean? Okay, so I've been lost in the mountains. And Brandon... got a 4. 4 is ran out of food. Yeah, I ran out of food. Great. Perfect. And what is yours? Um, mine was a natural 20, which is a mystical parenthood. And I can tell you a little bit about it. My my character was... I just sort of made this up. It was like on a mountain called uh, Partymont. And his mother, during a mystical party accidentally slept with an orc and gave birth to Chatervox. So he so that gives him a lot of his characteristics. Like he loves his mom, he hates his dad, he loves to party, stuff like that. That's cool. Nice. Alright, but I am lost and then Robert's cool. hungry. And it has a shovel. Cool. Luhan. Sweet. Alright. Brandon, don't get too discouraged with your character. I know he just sounds like a man with a shovel, but there's a long way to go. And a, a lot of that just comes down to how you choose your adventure. Well, it's time in our adventure to have a sponsor break, so I choose to take a sponsor. Peter Smith's Bird Allies. Whether you live in the city, the suburbs, hey, Jim. or way out in the country, you've probably noticed birds. These flying friends have worked with humans for thousands of years, and the ability to unlock your working relationship with birds is only 170 pages away with Peter Smith's Bird Allies. This birdside companion helps you get ravens, crows, parrots, and sparrows to do what you want, and it benefits them too. Get crows to pick locks. Get parrots to knock down fruit. Sparrows will scare off loose dogs and coyotes at your command. And the advanced chapters in the book teach you to send messages across the city with ravens. Go. Peter Smith's Bird Allies is available everywhere books are sold. And if you use promo code REVIEW at checkout, 
you get a four-page color insert of Bird's Worst Enemies. Order now. Hey guys, you know me, I love documentaries, and this week I have one lined up to talk about that we all saw. You guys saw this, right? Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah, this one is called Freakin' Freakout. This is a 2018 documentary that follows Mitch Schnelson as he decides to be what he calls a super freakin let me describe what a freakin is a freakin is someone who lives their life by only eating and surviving off what other people throw away so they go around going through trash cans mitch has the but also like dumpsters at like sure uh, you you know supermarkets and stuff so sometimes full food yeah yeah so it's not just scraps necessarily but anyway yeah a super freakin takes it one step further almost uh you know, what some people compare it to a vegan and a vegetarian, a super freegan only eats from a freegan's trash can. So, what does Mitch eat? Not a lot. What did you guys think of this movie? Um, you know, this at first, I this really felt like a try hard move for this guy. He just was really putting himself out there like this to get attention. And of course, this seems like such a stupid idea, but he really commits to the super freegan lifestyle. Um, you know, I never thought it would be possible to, to piss off like the most peaceful people and, um, conscious people in America, the freegan community, but somehow he found a way to really upset <clears throat> the freegans in his community by digging through their trash. You know, it, it was kind of against their philosophy, but in a way he kind of put the mirror on the freegans and showed them how much they were wasting. This wasn't a lot. No, not enough. Not enough at all. Um, yeah. I, I feel similarly that when I first heard about this film and I watched it, I thought this Mitch Snelson was uh, just, yeah, a really, like you said, try hard, really trying to get attention, like, look at, look at me. And then watching this documentary, I felt more of a tragedy when I realized that he really did believe in his heart of hearts that this was the only way to live a life was to save the world. Uh, and spoiler alert, he, you know, he dies. He starves to death trying to do this experiment. Uh, and so one, yeah, part of me is like, you you dummy, why did you starve yourself to death? And, and the other part of me is uh, somehow has some sort of respect for this guy. Yeah, it's kind of a dark documentary in that way because he starts out, he's a junior in college. He's got his whole life ahead of him. He's a pretty smart guy, good family, decent money, you know, in his bank account. He's not hurting for cash. Um, he just becomes such an extreme idealist that he is actually starts affecting his health. His friends start dejecting him. I mean, there's this, this scene at the party, at his friend's party, where he's digging beer bottles out, drinking, you know, the last sips of beer out of the trash can, yelling at everybody, telling them how bad they're wasting things, you know, eating eating scraps out of the disposal because he doesn't necessarily just eat out of the trash. He, he's got to let everybody else get their first picks out of the trash and then he can go for it so for him like in the garbage disposal that's a second pick not only does he let other people take first he also of course has to let people know he's a freaking and know he's a super freaking constantly always saying you know hey don't waste that i'm a freaking Hey, don't throw that away. I'm, I'm gonna don't, eat that later. Don't don't throw that out. Why don't you let them try it, and then if they're finished with it, you know maybe they can pass it on to me. 
Well, yeah, sad that he died. I wasn't expecting that. Uh, but made for a good movie. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, actually. And Seeing him really excited about starting a new movement and then gaining a few followers and then sadly dying. And you know what? I learned a lot about human nutrition and, and health and food contaminants along the way, too. So uh, I don't think he really died in vain for this one. Yeah, yeah. I learned a lot about it, having a balanced diet. The pyramid is uh, actually inverted. Oh. Little known fact. The food pyramid. Oh, is that true? Yeah, it's inverted now. They said F- flip so it's it. All Everything sh- we know is backwards. Wait, so you start with... Wait, is, so does it look like an upside down triangle? Or is it still a pyramid? We just start with sugar and fats. Uh, the latter. It almost looks more like a diamond now. So you kind of split it up evenly throughout the day, but more sugar and fats now. Oh, okay. You kind of, but you have to start at one end, or can you start in the middle? You can start. It's three dimensional now, so you can kind of start wherever. That works for me. No, it's cool. Most kids see it on their iPads. They can kind of, you know, three dimensionally swipe around. It makes a lot more sense because the the original period pyramid was very restricting, very two D. Let's talk about a sponsorship deal that we made a couple weeks ago, and they sent us an ad, and we're going to play it now, right? No. Did we rate it? No, we didn't rate it. We got to rate it first. (laughs) That's a bummer. (laughs) Bummer, dude. All right. I'm going to give Freak and Freak Out, um, you know, I'm going to give it one point. Uh, Just not the biggest fan of it. I do have a little bit of respect for Snelson, but not enough. One point. You know, to be totally honest with you guys, I'm still a little skeptical whether or not he died or whether or not this was like one of these mockumentaries, whether he was having one on for on with us. Uh, I am on board with Alex for one point, unfortunately. Interesting. Well, this is perhaps um, where I'm going to differ and say I will give this movie two points. You know, I did learn a lot and did, you know, raise questions in my head that I sought answers to online. So that's always a good thing. So two points for me. Cool. That is four points for freaking freak out, bringing us to a total of 16 points for the day so far. Luke, what are we up to? Okay, guys. Um, You're supposed to just pick this one, but since you guys are brand new, we'll just roll it up. Roll a d10 for me, Brandon, Alex. Four. Three. Okay. So, Alex, your character is going to be neutral good. Okay. And, Brandon, your character is going to be lawful evil. So, he kind of... Explain these. Well, neutral good means... As far as like lawful, chaotic, neutral, a neutral character will do what's what serves the situation the best. A lawful character will conform to the the laws of the land, and a chaotic character likes to break the rules. You know what I mean? As far okay. as good, neutral, and evil, it's pretty self-explanatory. Um, a good character's intentions are based on what is morally or ethically good what's neutral is like eh, whatever kind of serves them at the sec at the moment and then evil is their um they're evil they're trying to destroy things they're trying to kill people they like destruction and death 
but I'm evil, but I also follow the rules. So what you are, I guess, I mean, really, this is kind of interesting because it's sort of developing as sort of a character that actually is hungry. You know, you don't want to get caught. So you sort of play by the rules. But whenever you can get away with something, you'll do it. Nice. And Alex, cool. neutral good. Your basic intentions are good. And you follow the law when it makes sense for the better good. So I think a lot of us are actually you? kind of neutral good. What about you? Um, I'm true neutral. I just sort of... My character is like a big time party character. So whatever really makes the keeps the party going, that's what he wants to do. And if you talk any trash about his mama, that's that's going to cause problems as well. He's going to beat your Classic. ass. Classic. He loves his mama. He loves to party. That's really all you need to know about Chattervox. He's not that complex of a guy. He's half orc. He's got a barbarian mindset. Cool. Let's talk about uh, sponsorships. We have one of those queued up, right? Mm-hmm. Joggers. 92% of Americans work behind a desk and don't get the minimum required amount of daily leg exercise. Joggers are mechanical leg braces that easily attach to the thigh, knee, and upper calf of your legs. Within minutes, you'll feel the burn as Joggers begins pumping your legs to recreate the effects of a whopping 24 mile per hour jog at the comfort of your workstation. <coughs> now available at all sporting goods stores and participating footlockers. <coughs> Joggers, because we don't all have time to be one. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't only review movies, sometimes we review TV shows. We got a TV show pilot in the mail this week, and we checked it out. We saw Law & Order Jr. This is a 2018 pilot show. The show will be airing this summer. It is an interesting hybrid, a merging of Law and & Order and the children's show Blue's Clues. So what we have is mostly the Law & Order crew, but Blue has joined them, and they're solving crimes. But uh, these crimes aren't, you know, the murders and horrible prostitution rings that we're used to in Law & Order. They're more milk and cookie kind of crimes. Uh, but we've got all of our stars there. We've got uh, Mariska, how do you say her name? Uh, Mariska Hargitay. We've got Ice-T in there, Christopher Maloney, Steve Burns, and of course Blue the dog. Uh, what did you guys think of Law and Order Junior? I love Law and Order. I think probably I've seen every episode of Law and Order. I, I, I went through a thing one time, one summer, uh, and I was kind of excited about this. I kind of thought they would be, you know, self-aware maybe, and it would be kind of like a Roger Rabbit where they'd be, you know, the Blue's Clue character and they're solving, you know, just typical Law and Order crimes. But no, they went the other way with it, and I wasn't expecting that. And they have Ice-T and, you know, Christopher Maloney and all them solving these cases of, yeah, who ate the final cookie or who spilt the milk or, you know, who left the toilet seat up. And for me, I, I think it could have been better if they went for more of an adult audience than the kid audience. But hook them young. Yeah, it seemed uh, it seemed exhausting for these actors. Uh, I felt I felt specifically Ice T and Christopher Maloney seemed exhausted by trying to create the stakes of the missing cookie. I mean, specifically, you know, we only saw the cookie in the toilet seat. Uh, those are the only two crimes in the first episode. 
And for them to try to pretend that it mattered and they were great at it, but I could tell that it was hard for them. Yeah, I mean, I guess it seemed a little confusing for adults and kids for these, you know, hardcore drama actors to be in this kids show. But I mean, really, the piece of the puzzle that finally made sense to me was watching it. The amount of bending over, the amount of squatting down, looking down, reaching down, everything they had to do was on a kid's everything level. So, I mean, you know, of course they're going to be exhausted. They're physically exhausted from bending over and sure. examining, you know, cookie crimes, cookie crumbs, spilt milks, you know, stolen juice boxes, kids' wet pants, stuff like that. I mean, all that stuff when it comes to a kid happens down. I don't remember Blue having a voice either. It's interesting they gave Blue like a voice. But I guess it's necessary to have him interact. Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, I'm sure that would have been so even more exhausting for those guys to kind of <laughs> act <laughs> with nothing, you yeah, know? Yeah. yeah, it's just, this was, like you said, I think it was just confusing. Uh, I think the actors were confused. I mean, it seemed like the, the cartoon dog was confused, you know? No one felt comfortable. It felt like everyone was like awkwardly at the wrong party is kind of how this whole thing felt. Well, I mean, behind the scenes, a big problem with Blue the dog is this is Scruff McGruff. And I mean, this guy has had this old dusty contract with the creators of Law and Order that they've never made good on. And they finally said, "Okay, here's a project we can throw this guy at and get him off our backs because he's, you know, frankly he's just out he's just out of the business he's he's dusty he's old he's rusty he's no good anymore so when you hear the scruff mcgruff voice pop into these scenes attached to blues clues it seems so out of place um but that's just part of show business every now and then you got to stick someone in there who doesn't belong to make good on a contract kind of feels like an episode of law and order that's true yeah. Do uh, you guys ready to review Law and Order Junior? Yes, sir. You know, I I got to give this thing two points for the amount of awkward fart in an elevator this whole show is, and I would love, man, like to see these actors because <laughs> I'm guessing this is the kind of show that'll have not you know eight episode seasons like Breaking Bad or this is going to have like thirty episodes a season, so. To see them squeeze the amount of work they're going to have to do out of this and to see these actors do it, I don't um, – I'm not happy for them, but I, I, I'm interested to see what it does to these folks. So two points for Law & Order Jr. Yeah, without a doubt, this whole show felt like a fart in a floral shop and totally jarring. You want to be there. You want to have fun, but something about it. Um, so for that train wreck aspect of it, I got to give it a point. It doesn't doesn't hit. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. For me, it was definitely like a fart in like a deaf classroom. Hmm. But I love that cringe value. So two points for me. All right. That is five points for Law and Order Junior. All right. You want to wrap this up and give us the, the final little pieces of our characters here, Luke? Um, let's see, we've got our buffs, we've got, um, our, we've got pretty much everything about our characters laid out. Uh, clothing? Do we have clothes? Don't we need to roll for clothes or something? Um. Yeah, I'd like to. Can we roll for clothes? Sure. Okay. Um, yeah, go ahead, Alex. 
Roll just which a d20. Roll? Which Uh, one. Ooh, that's not good, right? I One's don't know. Check good. on your list. I got a 17. Okay. Mine says just a towel. Okay, one. re-roll towel. that one because we can't have a dwarf rolling around on a towel. Re-roll that one. Mine just says Seven. plain. Plain clothes. I guess that's normal. Seven? Cool. Seven is rags? Seven. Oh, okay. Wait, wait, wait. This is actually the janitor's list, guys. Hold on. Flip the, flip that list around. Oh, okay. Yeah, on the other side you should see like armor and, and good stuff. Oh, yeah. oh, mine's leather armor. I have leather armor. Oh, okay. Cool. 17. Yeah, I have angel dust uh, chainmail. Oh, no, Brandon. That's the enhanced armor list. I think maybe flip that one around. What was your original one? Okay, so I flipped the list over. 17 is... Oh, well, just bronze. Cuffs. Bronze cuffs? Yeah. Okay. I mean, we can... Every every character gets a classic, you know, standard pair of adventures, pants, and a shirt, so... Bronze cuffs, that's a nice little piece of armor. And you can always trade those in. And then, uh, for this... F- for me... Chattervox is just wearing a loincloth. Um, he's got some mystical stone shoulder armor. He's got a breastplate. He's got uh, speed boots. Boots of flying, actually. They can levitate him three feet off the ground. Um, he's got a bite buff, which is like tooth caps. Special stone tooth caps that give him a bite advantage in melee situations. I think we're well equipped, or you are at least. I mean, this is all just standard stuff in the game. If you guys re- read my PHB, it, I got you, I got one more point, right? We got one more point to do. Some of us. Yeah. What am I rolling for? So the final thing you guys are going to be rolling for is your characters. Um, all right, and so oh. final thing, guys, we're going to roll up our special items. I know, Alex, you give it a point, but we're just going to do this so we can have our characters done. So go ahead and roll. Um, oh, I don't even know what am I rolling. Whatever you rolled, it's fine. Uh, all right, I'm going to roll a d10. And eight. Roll it twice. The list is 100 items. Okay. So eight and a one is a nine, and that gives No, no, no. Eight and a one a- is 81. What's item number eighty-one? Wooden spoon. Uh, This wooden spoon is good for soups and catering. Good for soups and catering. That's a good start. You know, I rolled a two and a four, so using that method, it's twenty-four, and that gives me a harpsichord. I, I like harpsichords and. It says here this is a magical harpsichord that when I play it, it makes people fall in love and also fall asleep. So. There we go. That's the missing piece. Your character was really seemed pretty plain, but now you've got you got something that'll really bring the group together. A quaalude harpsichord. Uh, I like that. Quaalude um, I'll just go ahead and roll. Okay, I rolled a ninety-nine. Um, I've got the Eye of Thaddeus. It does a lot of different stuff, but mostly it lets me kind of see anywhere on in the universe. 
It's helpful. Nice. Sweet. Cool, cool. Well. All right, guys, that's pretty much all we need. So why don't you give our listeners a rundown of your characters, Alex? Sweet. All right, so I am uh, Jofflin Janice. I'm a 93-year-old female uh, dwarf. I am uh, four foot two. I weigh 235 pounds. I got red hair, blue eyes, pale skin. Uh, I have. A, I live a life of seclusion. I have tremendous empathy. I'm lost. I have a wooden spoon that's good for catering. I am uh, neutral. And uh, yeah, that's it. I am. I'm excited. I'm ready to roll. I'm wearing uh, rags. And Brandon, my character I made is Robert Lujan. I've got a shovel. I've got plain clothes. I ended up filling in the blanks to be a rogue assassin. And I'm lawful evil. So, um, yeah, that's it. Nice. Nice pick on the rogue assassin. My character is Chattervox, um, male 44, half orc, height 6'4", weight 244, chaotic good, barbarian. Of course, the path of the berserker. Um, background is a party animal soldier. Um, I speak common and orc, deep speech. I roll with a set of weaver's tools. I play the dulcimer. Um, I've got nature instincts, survival instincts, and of course my armor, uh, Eye of Thaddeus. Everything's buffed out to the max. You guys are in good company with Chatterbox. I'm stoked. Hey, before we go any further, we got to give a shout out real quick to our Patreon donor before we get any further, guys. You guys, we have one Patreon donor. His name is Rab. Rab, thank you. This is your shout out. We appreciate your $2 every month. You listening can also have your name shouted out. Whatever your name is, if your name is uh, Robert or Chatterbox. You can have your name shouted out for a simple donation of $2 a month. If you want us to just mumble your name, that's a dollar a month. So your choice, but help us out. And it helps you out, getting your name out there. A lot of people don't have their names out there enough. And this is one more way to get your name out there in the world, just so people hear it. It's important. All right. Next week, we're going to be reviewing Geode, Spartakai, Joe's Camaros, Eel Boy, My George Lucas Makes My Movie, Ella Hate Her, and Sleeper Dreams. And another one from the Doe series, Cinnamon Bums. Thanks, guys. Don't forget to donate on Patreon. We'll see you next week. Thanks. Bye. Bye.